Welcome to the She is Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Laura McLean, and I will be interviewing unstoppable women who are doing big things, making a massive impact, and changing the world. I hope you are ready to be inspired and start going after your biggest dreams. You guys, I am so excited for my very first podcast episode today, and I can't wait for you to hear from my very first guest. You might have seen her in Forbes magazine or remember her as former Miss Rodeo America. Maybe you've read about the empire that she's built. She is a wife, a mom, a cancer survivor. She is the queen of community over competition, and she is the founder of the Boutique Hub. She has been a huge inspiration to me, and I am so excited to have her as my very first guest. Please welcome Miss Ashley Alderson. Welcome, Ashley. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I am so excited to have you as my very first podcast guest today. Yay. Thank you for, thank you for the honor. That's awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. When I um, thought about my list and who I wanted, I knew that you had to be the first, as we talked about before, I was one of the OG boutique covers. So it was, um, I've kind of watched your journey from the beginning. So it's been, it's just been so much fun to watch what you've built and how you've built it and how much it's grown. And so why don't you just share with the listeners today, the journey and um, how it all got started? Absolutely. Well, likewise, it's fun to watch your journey too. I love, like my favorite part of this whole industry is just the relationships, right? And to see how things evolve for people over time and how businesses grow and change. Um, How the Boutique Hub really first got started was I'm originally from North Dakota and there really wasn't a lot of boutiques in North Dakota growing up, just very, you know, hit and miss, nothing like it is today around the world. And I loved boutiques, but what I was finding was when I would travel the country after college, Um, with some different careers that I had, I was realizing, man, there was these cute boutiques in downtowns and cute little vendor events and setups. And I thought, man, I just want to be able to find cute stores like this when I get back home to North Dakota. Mm -hmm. And it took a while for this idea to kind of brew in my head. And during that time, I was working actually in economic development. So I had an opportunity to work with a lot of small businesses and run a small business development center and just really have a flavor for the passion and what it takes to make a business successful. Um, But fast forward to 2013, my husband and I had an opportunity to actually move from North Dakota to his home state of Wisconsin. And when we left and I left economic development, that was really the time that this whole idea that had been brewing for a long time came together. And we actually invested everything we had at the time to hire a web developer and build this random idea, this shopping mall of boutiques so that people like me from the Midwest could find these cute boutiques all over. Mm -hmm. And when we did, it was really kind of an interesting, um, I'll say opportunity the way I look at it now, but at the time I would have really called it a challenge that I really had to learn from and grow through. And that was the original idea I had just didn't work. I didn't have enough boutiques to have enough shoppers to shop the site. I didn't have enough shoppers to get enough boutiques on the site. And so I was stuck in this chicken and an egg and I just couldn't make the idea float. So I went back to just asking questions and just trying to serve people however I could. And I asked these boutique owners like all these questions, you know, what are you struggling with? How can I help? And I realized what they needed more than anything was just a community and a support system and answers to their questions. And nothing like that existed at the time. So I thought, okay, I will share with you everything I know. And if there's something I don't know, I'm not scared to go dig and find help. And so I started just to bring this other community of experts and entrepreneurs together to answer those questions. And that's really how the boutique hub today has unfolded is more than that online shopping mall of boutiques, which still exists. We're really a community and a support place that brings every tool a boutique owner needs under one roof. 
And that includes wholesale shopping and everything else in between. But again, it happened not on purpose. It happened kind of by accident. And so if anyone's listening, who's maybe been through that journey of, oh my gosh, I have this idea, but it's not working. There's always a spinoff. There's always a pivot. And there's always a way around that idea. And I just think that's awesome. I mean, I've done that myself. You know, you start in one place and then sometimes either that idea grows and changes or you grow and change. And um, it does, it feels like kind of like maybe you're failing at the time or that it just didn't work and you shouldn't, you kind of lose confidence in yourself to try again. And so often it just grows into something if you'll just stick with it. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it said the only way to success is just don't quit. And sometimes it takes a while and, you know, you see the, the overnight, you think overnight success stories, but really, oh, there were just, I mean, just like with you, just hard nights and um, bad business deals, right? And um, (laughs) you went through um, some ups and downs and failures along the way to get where you are today. And I think that is just a great thing for everybody listening to remember is just that that is part of it. It is. And, and just like you said, I think so many times we get so hung up on this idea of failure. Like we define if this one idea I have right now doesn't work, I fail, but that's really not it. If you're not winning, you're learning. There's no such thing as losing. There's no such thing as failing. Right. It's just figuring out what is my next best step going to be. So if we can like kind of set our pride aside and just be grateful for wherever the journey is unfolding for us, man, the sky's the limit. But we just have to push through that, you know, inevitable fear of this one thing wasn't perfect the first time I tried it and nothing in life ever will be that way. So were there any moments along the way where you felt like, I don't know that I can keep doing this. I, you know, I may, we get asked the question all the time, at what point do I shut it down? Or what point do I, you know, this is getting too hard or too stressful or were there any moments along the way where you just thought, no, this I'm not cut out for this, or you let that fear really start to get to you. Yeah, a lot, (laughs) a lot, probably more than most people will ever know. Um, I'll give you two, two moments that were big for me. Um, One, I know you were around at the time that this was happening. So this is no surprise to you, but I suffered big time from just imposter syndrome and feeling like, who am I? I don't, I was so hung up on like being from the Midwest for some reason, which now I feel like like it's my superpower, right? Like Midwest is the best. Um, but at the time I felt like, who am I to start a business like this? Certainly there's someone out there who's smarter than me or who knows how to do this better or who understands, you know, developing like this computer code that I want to write. Like there's gotta be someone else. And so I met a man on Twitter, which is a terrible place to start. Never do business with someone you randomly meet on Twitter, but I did because this person told me all the right things. And they were like, you know what, I'm going to build the same thing as you. Let's do it together. Let's join forces. Let's change your company name. Let's do all these things. And I thought, yeah, okay. This guy's smarter than I am. Let's do it. And I, I totally took a back seat. I was going to agree to give away like half the company and change the name and all these things. And pretty soon I kept asking like, okay, are the legal papers coming in the mail? Like what's happening? And this person kept saying, oh yeah, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, but nothing was ever official. And so finally I was like, I just really feel like I'm getting catfished. This is like six months into the deal. And so finally I called the guy and I was like, you know what, deal's off. We're not doing this anymore. Like, this is not fair. I don't like how you're treating me. I'm done. And instantly this guy blocks me from 
my entire email list, the Facebook groups I created drains our bank account. Like it's everything's gone. Like I'm in a black hole of everything I created gone. And Oh my gosh. Like, again, I, I don't know if I was just naive to think that that would never happen to me or people wouldn't be that crude. I don't know what I was thinking, but I remember that moment being really hard and everyone around us at the time, again, we had little kids we had three little kids by this time at home. And we even had family totally doubting what we were doing. And they were like, man, Ashley just needs to get a real job. This is never going to work. You know, Eric, you're working so hard trying to support the family, yada, yada. And Eric, my husband was awesome. He never gave in to the doubts other people had around us. And he just came to me at that time. And he was like, you know what? This sucks. I get it. You just need to decide if this is what you want to do. If you want to give it one more try, I will support you. And that was the best thing he could have ever done for me mentally. It's the best thing he could have ever done for our marriage because he just like stood by my side when no one else really did. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And all I could do was put one foot in front of the other. I, I did not know what to do to, to turn the tide. I knew there was a lot of little things. And so I just started to just knock them off one little thing at a time. And everything I did had to be focused on serving other people. When my focus and my passion was solely on helping others, I knew that eventually it would come back around to me. I knew I would get mine, but I had to give to other people first. And so we started to just plug away at it. And eventually I ended up hiring a coach which I didn't have the money for at the time either, but I was able to make that work and just get some outside perspective and insight. And pretty soon, you know, it kind of like lit by fire and took off and the boutique hub grew, but man, there was a lot of doubt along the way and a lot of doubters along the way that hopefully now see the other side. As somebody that was a part of the boutique hub, the resources, even then back in, you know, 2016, I remember just being like, that's, you had to be a member of the boutique hub. So I can't imagine what it's like now just to go from being in that situation where you had your bank account accounts drained to where you are now is just such an amazing story and such an inspiration. And I, I just thought it would be so amazing for all our listeners to hear that. So I appreciate that. Yeah. It's anyone has it inside of them, you know, as much self-doubt as we put on ourselves, it truly is available for everybody. Yeah. And it's really just a great, I mean, a great story to be like, don't give up because it would have been so easy to give up in that moment. That would be a hard thing to do. So, all right. What was your second one? You said you had two. Really the second one was, um, hiring that coach was, you know, getting over the first of the person we met on Twitter and then getting to the point where it was going, but it was still a little bit stale and then figuring out, you know, how to hire that coach and really put the numbers into perspective. And I would say, a lot of what was going on for me at that time was really more internal. It was more like my own money mindset. I think this may be something that resonates with a lot of your community. Um, and that is when we're starting to price ourselves, like our products and services, it's easy to say, you know, I, I want to serve people just like I said, I wanted to do, but then give it away for free and not charge enough. And so I eventually started to do that. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm working so hard and I'm spinning my wheels, but I'm not able to put any money in the bank at the end of the day. So once I really was able to step back and go, okay, in order for me to serve my family, I have to just like own what I'm worth and charge accordingly. And when I can stand confidently in that and say, this is where it is. Like, this is, this is what the container is to work with me or whatever the product price is going to be. 
um, and get over that like self-doubt and that negative money mindset, that also changes everything. And when I realized too, you cannot trade dollars for hours right. in that moment. Like you have to find a way to, to scale your time because time is the, the only limited thing we have on this earth, right? Money is infinite. We can find money. You can't find more time. Right. So that was a big mental shift for me um, to make the business sustainable long-term. That goes for me as well. And so many people, like you said, in the community. Yeah. But, so marketing, social media, um, all of the business side of things, they, that came kind of easy to me. It was my own limitations that were hard. And it was um, my mindset and just the burnout, just not taking care of myself first and thinking that I had to go, go, go and just be busy. I mean, there were so many things that I thought, oh, well, I know all of this. I can run a business, but man, there's so much more to it. There is so much like self work that needs to be done to go and scale the way that you need to. And um, that has been such a big struggle with me. But I think just every time you go a little bit further, you see like, wow, that, you know, that makes all the difference in the world. So I do wish, you know, I hope that people listening take that into consideration that that is just as important. You can take, you can watch YouTube videos or take courses and do all the things, but you've got to believe in yourself. You got to push past the fear and the imposter syndrome. You have to change your mindset and, and all of those things. So I think that's great advice for sure. I think sometimes people who feel like they need that the least actually end up needing it the most, you know, like anytime we start a program or like our highest level program, it's called retail bootcamp. The very beginning of retail bootcamp always goes back to how are you managing your time? How are you managing your CEO mindset? And then just like what mindset limitations are you running up against? Like you have to start there because it's the foundation to me. That's like 95% of business is being able to mentally like handle all the ups and downs because it'll affect every single decision you make along the way. So it's just critical. So you often talk about the CEO mindset versus entrepreneur mindset. So why don't you tell everybody about that? Yeah, that's, that's really a, a huge shift for a lot of people. We all start as entrepreneurs. We all start as that, I have an idea, you know, that I'm going to hustle, I'm going to grind, I'm going to make this idea work. We're just trying to prove our concept and grow our way forward. Um, But like you said, that often will lead to burnout, overwhelm, like a lot of things just kind of collapsing and falling apart. And it will always lead us to a ceiling. We'll always hit a cap because we only have so many hours in a day. Even if you hire a couple people here and there, like there still always will be a cap. And I always ask myself this question, am I the bottleneck of my business? Right. And nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. Unfortunately, no matter what size business, you know, you get to like, there's always going to be that next level to break through. And so what I realized, I, I started to compartmentalize, compartmentalize it like this. If I'm an entrepreneur, I'm often valuing money more than valuing time. So I'm trying to DIY my way forward or save my way to success or, you know, just fit in a couple more projects done is better than perfect. I'm just trying to get further ahead today than I was yesterday. My identity, if I'm an entrepreneur is often very tied to the business. There's really no long-term exit strategy. It's just, I'm going to work until I, I can't work anymore. That's like entrepreneur mindset. I realized once you can shift from that to CEO mindset, which is okay, This business has to be sustainable without me. If it's a real business, I can't be the center of it. 
So how can I make it about the product and the service more than me? How can I make a long-term, like, where do I want this to go? Is there an exit for me someday? What does that look like? Is there systems and processes? How can I take the money that I have and invest it to create more time? Mm -hmm. So rather than DIYing and saving my way forward, I'm investing my way forward. So like a good example of this is, um, let's say if I want to get a website created, right? Um, if I were going to create that website myself, if, if I had a thousand dollars, let's say to create the website myself, and I just kept the thousand dollars as an entrepreneur and I DIY'd it and it took me three weeks or four weeks to get it done. And then I launch it at the end and I make another thousand bucks in sales. Okay. At the end of the day, I have 2000 bucks, but if I'm a CEO and I get that same thousand dollars and I say, okay, I'm going to take 500 of it and invest it. And I'm going to get that website done in one week. And then I'm going to start making $1,000 a week after I launch it. Well, I've got my initial 500, but now as the month goes, I have another three grand in sales because I was launched three weeks earlier, plus, you know, the 500 I saved, I've got 3,500. So if you just start to value time and money in a very different relationship, and you can start to invest money to create time, that's a huge shift. So for me, when I first started the boutique hub as a young mom with three kids, like I had to start the very, very baby step beginning of this. So can I clean toilets with the best of them? Yes, I can. But is that an efficient use of my time? No, it's not. Right. So I have to focus as a CEO on income generating activities. So I started to find an intern that could help me watch the kids and help clean the house and, you know, do some spreadsheets or just like little tasks that I could outsource. And then eventually, like when that happens and I can take my time and work on hundred dollar an hour jobs as a CEO, I can create a lot more revenue. Then I can invest that to hire more help. And pretty soon I'm growing and scaling with a team right alongside me. And then again, every step of the way, you just have to keep asking, okay, am I still the bottleneck? What do I need to do to get out of it? What can I say no to or ask for help? And then you grow again. So it's just a evolution. What did that look like for you? How long did it take for you to realize that? That was a very valuable lesson. I wish I would have learned a lot sooner. Um, it also would have probably saved me a lot of like marital stress when we're both working and we're both trying to take care of kids. I was trying to travel at the time too. Like it was no holds bar for me um, and for Eric working 24 seven. It didn't work right. as, a, as a parent. So yeah, I, I wish it would have been earlier in the process. Uh, have you read the book Atomic Habits? I've only started the book. I've not finished the book. So it's all about little habits, get 1% better every day. And yeah. so they use the example in the book. If there was, he had a friend or somebody that said they wanted to get healthier. So all day long, that person would ask themselves, what would a healthy person do? And I think that just yeah. came to me when you said that, like, what would a CEO do? And yeah. it's a great question. Like, how would a CEO handle this versus an entrepreneur? Like, what could I do? And just ask yourself that question all the time as you go through the different moves in your business. That's such a good point. And you know what? Another book that would be perfect that like totally backs that up um, is The One Thing by oh. Gary Keller. So The One Thing asks this question. It says, what is the one thing I could do right now that would make everything else on my list either unimportant or unnecessary. Mm -hmm. No, easier or unnecessary. That's what it is. What is one thing I could do right now that would make everything else easier or unnecessary? And that's kind of that CEO mindset too. Like if I only have this container of 15 minutes, what can I get done right. that makes my life easier? So a lot of times we out of habit will attack things like 
email inboxes and DMs and just like the little stuff that we think we can cross off really fast. But really that stuff doesn't move the needle at the end of the day. It's the big hard stuff that we don't want to attack that's really most important. Our email automations, understanding our financials, inventory reporting, all that stuff, which seems very heavy. But if we just did that thing first, right, yeah. everything else would be easier. Right. The three big blocks or the, you know, the big, I think you called them the big boulders, right? Is that correct? Do the yeah, three big things. The that, three big things. Yes. Yeah. Andy Frisella. I don't know if you've ever listened to him. He always, they are the powerless task. And if you get those three things done and you win the day, then you're, if you have more wins than losses in the end, you're always going to come out a winner. So I just, oh, yeah. that's a great point. Um, I want to say one other thing that um, popped up whenever you said that a while ago, maybe just to do with imposter syndrome or whatever. I know this has happened to you and it happens to me all the time. But when people say things like your little, your little business or your little hobby, or <laughs> um, why don't you get a real job? But people say it to me all the time. How's your little thing going? So how do you, how do you handle that? How did you handle that? And what's your advice for so many people do have that you know, fear of what other people think. So what happened to me was I was at a market and I was talking to a brand about the boutique hub and what we were building. And we had just had a big conference. So we were talking about how well this conference went, all this stuff. And the CEO came in to the room and uh, was listening to this pitch. And pretty soon the CEO gets up and he looks at me and I don't know if he physically touched me on the head, but emotionally it felt like he was it felt like he was tapping me on the head, like, okay, little girl. And he says, good luck with your little project. <laughs> and I mean, fire probably shot out of my nose and my ears. Like, what did you just say? And so I came home and I wrote it on a post-it note. And ever since then, it's been in the middle of my vision board. And someday I will write a book. And that is going to be the title of my book. If someone takes that idea, I'm going to crush you. So don't you. <laughs> Don't even think about it. That whole saying just fuels me. Like now when people doubt, I think of it as just watch me. Right. And it's a challenge that just keeps me going at the end of the day. Tell us what the boutique hub looks like now. How many employees do you have? How many boutiques, wholesalers? Yeah. So now um, we have a team of 25 full-time at the hub. Um, our company is all remote which I love. So I'm based in Wisconsin. Uh, we've got several in Wisconsin, but really we're around the world now. Our graphic designer lives in Paris, which I think is the coolest thing on the planet. Um, our boutique community um, overall between like conferences and courses and all the things we offer, we serve about 55,000 boutiques around the world. Wow. Um, inside of the boutique hub proper, inside of our membership, which is really the core of what we do. It's what we eat, sleep, and breathe every single day and how we give back to boutique owners. Um, we've got about 8,000 boutiques in there. Wow. And then we have about 1,000 wholesale brands that we serve. And today we serve them on the boutique hub and then also our sister platform, Hubventory, as well. Right. So Hubventory is brand new. Yes. And so why don't you tell us about Hubventory? Oh, I would love to. Thank you. Um, for so long, you know, we've coached boutiques on how to buy wholesale and not just how to buy, but where to buy and where to find the most trusted wholesale companies. Because to be honest, there's a lot of really sketchy crap out there today. There's a lot of knockoffs, copycats. I mean, things that can get you in trouble with trademark infringements that can really take down your entire social media existence. So you've got to be incredibly careful. So for a long time, our retailers have been saying, hey, could you please create 
your version of an ideal wholesale marketplace that encompasses all these different things boutique owners need, like open to buy plans and inventory sync for Shopify and, and these different types of things. So two years ago, we started to build this and we finally launched uh, again, it's called Hubventory, but from my brain, it's kind of like Pinterest meets wholesale. Mm -hmm. So I love the, the fact that boutique owners can go, they can follow brands just like they would on social media. They can get an instant feed of all the new arrivals from brands they're following, and then they can pin everything to boards on Hubventory and then plan out all of their collections and plan their open to buy, and then sync everything back to Shopify so that you can buy really smart along the way. So we did have input from several hundred boutiques and several hundred brands to help us really plan what features were most important and then beta test hub inventory along the way. So we're just getting started. It's brand new. We've got tons more to build, but already I'm excited. There's over 500 brands that are on the platform and several thousand boutiques. So I look forward to where it's going to grow next. That is awesome that I've told you, this is a question we get asked all the time in my group, you know, where do people buy from or just whenever people are looking for certain things. So a couple questions for the listeners do you need to be a member? You or don't have to be a member to shop on Hubventory. So anybody can shop. If you have your resale uh, certificate you're, and you're legit, right? You're going to pay sales tax in your state. Uh, that's all you need to get on Hubventory and to start buying. However, if you are a member of the Boutique Hub, one thing that was really important to me is that our members get special pricing. So there are, gosh, I think over 9,000, close to 10,000 products now on Hubventory that are discounted just for Boutique Hub members, which hopefully at the end of the day pays for the cost of membership, which is about $39 a month. So there's, there's perks if you're a member, but anybody can shop the platform. Okay. And then the website is Hubventory, correct? It's yep. not off. Okay. Cool. Yep. It's Hubventory.com. All right. I'll link all of that. Tell me, what do you love most about what you do? I love the relationships and the evolution of relationships. So like, like when you were an OG member of the boutique hub, right? Like just the fact that we we connected on that one point so long ago, but just to see how your business grows and changes and what you decide to do. I love that with so many of our members and I can go back to the very first time I met them and then to get to run into them at market or at events today and to see their families grow and their lives change. I feel like I, I've got such a close relationship with so many people in our community, even closer than I have with like friends local to me, right? Because our lives and businesses are just so intertwined and we have so many of the same highs and lows and experiences. Um, I just live for that. I live for the fact that I know small businesses change people's lives. Like when you change a business, you change someone's life. You change the life of their family. You change the life of the staff and the people they employ. And then that changes the entire community around somebody. Right. So that whole evolution is my absolute favorite. I think that you have built just something amazing, but I think that if I remember correctly, that the boutique hub community was one of the first online communities I was ever a part of. And maybe the first were Facebook groups. Brand new. Brand new. Yeah. Um, because I was in the original Facebook group as well. And yeah. um, so now they're, you know, more and more common and, uh, you know, yeah. that's not, but to build a good community and people ask me that question all the time, that takes work and that takes wanting to make a difference in people's lives. You have to, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's more than just selling, it's serving for sure to build a really good yeah. community. 
community where people know that they're safe and that they, because, and that's another thing, just building a safe online community means a lot to the members as well. And I think yeah. that's something that you've definitely done and something that I can relate to because I know the work that goes into it. So. You know how hard it is. You know, like, I'm sure we both could speak for hours on this. Like how many nights did I sit down at the dinner table to eat with my family and all of a sudden my phone blew up because someone commented something in the community that totally went haywire. And then you're like in the middle diffusing a situation. And pretty soon I've totally missed dinner with my family. Like I, I have lost count of how many times that's happened. So I totally believe in the power of online communities and Facebook groups, but they are a lot of work. Like you have to be totally invested and you have to be willing to make tough calls. Not everyone will like you. Not everyone will agree with you, but you have to know, like, this is my stance on this issue. This is what I will allow. This is what I will not allow. And then you got to put your foot down and people will leave because of it. But that's also good attrition at the end of the day. Right. So I think every business needs to build a community, but you just have to know that going in that it's going to take you being very firm. Right. Yes, for sure. This wasn't even in the community. This was on the Facebook page, but it's going a little crazy at the moment. <laughs> and so it just keeps getting just hacked and spammed. And so mm-hmm. on, I was getting ready to lay down. It was Sunday night. I was like, I'm so tired. I'm not looking at my phone again. And somebody had recreated the small business moms page three times with my picture out and all of that and my personal profile once with my kids and everything. And it does, you just get to be like, here we go. And then you're up for hours. Your heart is, yeah. <laughs> you're just like, Oh no, here we go again. So it is, it does take a lot on that side. And I know there's that meme that says, um, here's to all the small business owners that want to quit social media, but they can't because that's their business. And we don't mean that because we love the community and all of that as well. But man, there are some days you're just like, I just want to shut it off. I just need to not see that for a little while. So yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, you might've already answered this question, but what would you say the biggest mistake you've made in your businesses or the biggest obstacle that you faced? I feel like most of my mistakes have been like my internal mindset. Like there's the internal mistakes of just like self-doubt, imposter, all of that. Another mistake I would say an external mistake that I've definitely made is being a squirrel. I'm really good at chasing new things and creating new ideas. Sometimes I'm bad at finishing them. So just never lose sight of like, what is your core business model? What's your core product? Never lose sight of that to chase a new shiny object because someone will come in and recreate it all and try to pick up the slack. So you've got to know when to stay in your lane and just do what you do best. And then, you know, let the rest of it go. Yeah. I'm really bad about, I'm like, Oh, good idea. Good idea. That's a good idea. I yeah. that. And then being like, I, you just kind of stick with something. One of the ideas. Yeah. So, um, do you have a moment that was just so exciting where you were like, ah, this is really happening to me. Was there a moment that stands out to you where you're just, cause I feel like I've had a lot of them for you. I've seen you do things and been like, Oh, she's doing this. So was there a moment for you? Yeah, a, a lot. Um, two big ones to jump out. One, the boutique summit for me is like always a mountaintop moment. Uh, the first time we did it, I can't like, I don't even know how it came together. It was wild. I, it was just me full time by myself. And there was two part-time gals 
working at the hub. They still are with the hub today, which is amazing. That was so long ago, but 300 women came and it sold out in like 48 hours, 300 women came, launched this amazing event. And that was like the foundation for all the boutique summits we have now. So that's wild that every year we do the boutique summit. That's just like a huge mountaintop moment for me. Another one, a couple of years ago, um, we applied for, like, I always see people talking about the ink list, right. And these like awards they get online. Uh, we had applied and made it and then made top 10 in the Midwest for fastest growing company. That was really cool. That really felt like that CEO that said, good luck with your little project. I just wanted to mail him a picture of it and be like, yes, I did. We did this. Um, so that was always like that. I mean, that is so inspiring to others too, to be able to be like, you know, you took this idea, you never gave up and now you made it, you know, you made the list in ink and Forbes and entrepreneur, you've done these big things. So it's just amazing to see, you know, what happens if you don't give up and you just stick with something. So I love it. Also, I thought about this and this is one I thought you might say, but your husband gets to work with you now with the boutique now, correct? It was a, it was a bit of an evolution for us. So we didn't like, we kind of tiptoed our way into it. Um, the first time Eric came, I don't think he came to the first two boutiques. No, he didn't come to the first boutique summit. He came to the second boutique summit. When he got home from that boutique summit, he was like, Oh, like he could never visualize a Facebook group and what we were building. But when he came to the summit and saw everybody in person, he was like, oh, I get it now. I understand what you're doing. I want in. And I'm like, okay. So he actually um, part-time quit his job at that point. He said, I'll give you, you know, a few months. I'll work part-time. I'll help you find someone to replace me. He was in high-level sales at the time. And he started to kind of tinker around and like tiptoe his way into the boutique hub, I would say. And now, I mean, it's been several years and he's full-time. He's our CFO. Um, I feel like CFO is maybe fancy for what he does. He would tell you that he just pokes holes. He just tries to find like, where's an area that we're weak that he can shore up. So it, it's a lot of the unsexy stuff, right. contracts, legal processes, teams, systems, accountability, all that stuff. Um, but it's been so good. Like we're so blessed that we get to work together. We now have come to a place where we work really well together. He has to have his own space. I have to have my own space. So we have separate like offices or else like one's in an office, one's at the kitchen table sort of a thing. And we both just know our roles really well. Now I know what he's really well at and does really well. And I don't question that. And same with me. And that's really helped us to be a good compliment to one another. But took a while to get there. Yeah. That's so amazing. So what is that can lead into the whole balance family side of things? Like what has that looked like? What's it look like now? What's a day in the life? Um, where did you learn boundaries for stopping work and starting family time? I've heard you say many times before that it's important to you when you're working to work and when you're with your family to be with your family. So tell us what that looks like. Yeah, that it took a while. It, it kind of goes back to when I was talking about CEO versus entrepreneur mindset and learning that lesson the hard way. That was really the foundation for me in, in putting a hard boundary on what's most important. So I started to really uh, compartmentalize my time. And when I lay out my calendar every single week, the family stuff comes first. So kids sporting events, like I just don't miss them. I, they're just too important to me. They have to come first. Um, pick up and drop off. Eric and I, 
do that every day. We do have help now in the afternoon. We usually do drop off together as a family. So all of us are in the same vehicle every morning. And then we have a babysitter after school who will help kind of for that like after hours time until we can be done. But then at five o'clock we're done every day. We just don't try to work at night at all if we can possibly help it. And we have dinner together as a family every night barring whatever sporting event is happening. Right. But that's a big shift for us. It's really important that our kids know that, yeah, the business is great, but they're more important at the end of the day. And then we try to give them as much as we can little jobs to be a part. So we have a day planner called the boutique boss planner. Our kids all help package and ship and build boxes and put sticker packs together. Um, our oldest daughter Hadley is going to market in Dallas this year for the first time with us well, so that she fun. can like be a part of that process. So we want them to get to see what it takes. And then also when things happen like the pandemic and like the world shuts down and we kind of had to choose between, okay, are we going to homeschool our kids or are we going to keep this business afloat and serve all these other business owners right away? We were like, okay, kids, you're going to have to really be self-sufficient. Like we want to help you with your homework, but if your homework's late because we had to serve these other, you know, business owners that we work with right now, that has to come first. Mm -hmm. And so they've kind of had to make some sacrifices for the good of others, which I think in the long term gives them empathy. So it's just, it's been a good process all around. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I would say boutique owners really needed you during the pandemic. I mean, what a scary time. But yeah, I think it's so, that's so important for me and my kids also. So I think that's a great lesson for them. And I'm sure that they will learn so much from it in the long run. So let's talk about all things personal development. Here's the fun question. What is your favorite business or personal development book? Oh man. Uh, the foundation for me started at the secret. Like that's where everything changed. Yep. And that's so going back to OG books, um, rich dad, poor dad. I, I think everyone should be required to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think schools should give that book out. It's so good. Yep. And then most recently, Traction by Gina Wickman. Our whole company has been going through that process. And so that's been really helpful to scale as well. Awesome. All right. So what is your morning routine like? How do you prioritize yourself when life is so crazy? Yeah, that's a, it's changes by the season. I will say that, um, there's seasons like literal seasons, fall, winter, spring, where I'm good about getting up and working out in the morning. And then in summer, I feel like our life is just a chaotic mess. So the routine changes, but usually work out in the morning if I possibly can, um, when I have time, then I like to start with three questions. So sometimes I'm bad about just like grabbing my phone and I'm trying to stop doing that. So Three questions I try to ask myself before I ever touch my phone. Uh, one, what am I most excited about today? Um, number two, what might trip me up today? What should I be prepared for? And then number three, who can I surprise today? I or like, that. who can I make feel good today? So those I feel like are a good foundation. And then get up, get ready. Erica and I usually have some time in the morning to chat. We love to take our kids to school together in the morning, um, drink coffee and talk. And then my first two hours of the day, I look at it like it's tiger time. So I don't take any meetings. It's only my time to work on my personal to-do list, like the biggest, most meaningful, important rocks to the company. And then after that, like meetings start at 10 o'clock. So usually the 10 o'clock hour every day, it's a meeting or a podcast or something like that. And then that kind of goes through the day. 
And then I usually try not to take any meetings after three because I try to wrap up the day with a bit of a buffer before the kids come home. Or if the kids are home, I'm at least kind of available and wrapping things up until about five. What would be your best advice for a new or struggling entrepreneur? Oh gosh. Um, best advice for a new or struggling entrepreneur. I would say it always comes back to knowing your customer. The more you can date your customer and really get to know what sets their hearts on fire and what do they really need most. And if you can speak to whatever the services or product that you're offering, if you can always tailor that product to the needs of your customer and and speak in terms of benefits to the customer and not just it has these features. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important because then it's scalable. Then it's about pricing and delivery and your brand, but everything comes back to always knowing your customer first. That's great advice. Um, so I think that is about it for all of my questions, but I would love for you to tell everybody how they can follow you and that how they can come up with more information and um, like Boutique Hub, Hub and Tori, you all the things, all the pages. Absolutely. So the best place to find it all is the boutiquehub.com. Or if you want to shop wholesale, it's hubventory, hubventory.com. Or if you just like need a good laugh, I feel like our meme game is really strong on Instagram. So if you follow the boutique hub on Instagram, that's also a good place to get connected. And AJ Alderson is my personal Instagram. Awesome. Your meme game, you have upped your Instagram game for sure. It's pretty great. (laughs) All right. We love it. We're obsessed with memes. <laughs> I will post all of that in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for being here, Ashley. I really, really appreciate it. And I know everybody's just going to love listening to you. Oh, thank you for having me as your first guest. I'm still so humbled and honored. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you for tuning in to the She is Unstoppable podcast. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review. My two boys are tracking downloads and reviews with a sticker chart, so your support will definitely bring a lot of joy to my home. For more information and resources, be sure to visit our website at www.lauramcleanandco.com. That's where you find everything for She is Unstoppable and Small Business Moms. We also have a personal development and business book club, a membership, and a t-shirt club. And I would love for you to join if you are interested in growing with an amazing group of like-minded women. Until next time, don't forget, you are unstoppable.